Hey guys, what's good? I hope everything. This is Oliver with the Mo Video Games Podcast. I assume you already know that because you're listening to the podcast right now, so I'd be pretty impressed if you made it this far without being aware that that's what you're listening to. Uh, today we have uh, the third episode of our Top 50 Showdown, or really just us talking about our Top 50 games in a completely arbitrary order. So I hope you enjoy it because we are going to continue to do this. Thanks. Have fun. For today's gauntlet special of Doom Deluxe Spectacular 5000, I am comparing uh, Mario Kart Double Dash versus Gauntlet Legends. Is it Gauntlet Legends, though? Oh my gosh, it's not. <laughs> no, but... Let me but... cut that out. Let me cut that. No, For no. this one, I am reviewing Mario Kart Double Dash and Gauntlet. 1985 arcade edition with special mention to gauntlet legends with special mention so i'll talk about i guess mario kart double dash first so mario kart double dash was gamecube game released in late 2003 which it was a racing game if you couldn't assume by mario kart being (laughs) the name um yeah but double dash it could have been like a running game which is still a race so i guess it's a racing game through and through um yeah races are had either way whether running which you can't do in that game but <laughs> would be cool i would play a mario running like I play, there, there has to be a mario track or something like that i'd play a mario quap mario, mario. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a, i would play the shit out of that for sure i forgot about that game um so mario kart double dash yeah on the gamecube so the only i guess there was another mario kart predecessor to it that wasn't Mario Kart 64, but I didn't recognize the name of it at all, so I did not look into it. I, yeah, I thought there were two, but I think as far as console releases go, Mario Kart Double Dash followed 64. I think yeah. there may have been handheld versions. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, I didn't look, like I said, I didn't look into because I'm, I mean, I'm familiar with like major Mario Kart releases. The uh, important ones. The, the, the ones that matter, let's be honest. Um, so, I guess to kind of talk about what's great about this game, other than the fact that it includes classic Nintendo characters, Mario, Luigi, Princess Peach, Bowser, Wario. Um, I think this one includes Waluigi, which was a frequent complaint in the preceding one that didn't have Waluigi in it. Oh. Uh, and then they just they expanded the character pool a lot between this one, uh, or from the preceding one to this one. This one has 20 characters in it. And then they took it from a normal just like racing game where they, you know, you have items like a green shell that you throw shoots in a straight line, red shell, uh, heat seeking to this one, you have like essentially ultimates. So depending on who you're picking, you get that one super special item for that person. Like I think for the Mario bros, it's a, like a giant fireball or something like that. And Bowser, you shoot out a giant shell. And so they, they do it in pairs. So there's only 10 special abilities. So like Mario and Luigi, I'm pretty sure have the same special ability um so there's there's matching like that but that was like a it was a very interesting thing to add that added a lot of like the character that you pick feels like it matters a lot more than the preceding one and the preceding one it was still important because they did weight classes but you didn't get to choose cart customization or anything like that which is a big part of double dash Mm, uh I feel like I should have mentioned the most important part. The reason it's called Double Dash is because in this one, you actually have two characters racing on your cart at the same exact time. So one person is driving the cart, and then the other person is in the back throwing items. 
then they can also punch the left and the right. And if they punch an enemy with an item, uh, they'll steal the item. And then either way, if they land the punch, it at least moves the card, if not spends them. Um, I forgot to double check that one. Whoopsies. Um, got that part out. Steal the item from the person. Uh, and then also, like, if your, like, driver's taking too tight of a turn or something like that, you can, like, punch to try to get those, like, extra couple inches to save them from taking too tight of a turn. Like, there's a lot more interaction and outplay potential because you have two people on the cart interacting at the same time, which I think is, like, I, I love giving games credit for their novelty and their originality, but this was, like, such a big improvement in terms of gameplay that I thought warranted taking the place over Super Mario 64 in my heart, in my dear heart, my dear little heart. Um, so that was, like, a major reason why I like this. Obviously, the Mario Kart franchise is just, like, hugely and immensely popular. Uh, this game was actually the second best-selling GameCube game of all time, selling 7 million copies worldwide. <laughs> Wait, that was second best? Yeah. Not very many. That's not... I'm, Telling you, dude, we're in the golden age of gaming now. It's cool. I, no, I think that was just Nintendo. Nope. It's cool the game now. <laughs> uh, so cool the game on Nintendo. It is cool the game on Nintendo. Because of the Switch. <laughs> yeah. So the other thing, actually, I was just about to, just 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 about to mention that conveniently. The one thing I didn't know about this before is that if you had Nintendo had like a GameCube LAN adapter, so you could actually play with up to sixteen people at one time. Which, if I knew about that. Probably would never have happened because I didn't have that many friends to play with. But it is more than you can play with simultaneously on the Switch, therefore automatically making the GameCube a superior console to the Switch, hands down. No argument more needs to be made. Also, the GameCube had a handle, making it portable. Is the Switch portable? No! <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I don't walk around playing the Switch. I'm still sitting, no matter what, when I'm playing the Switch. So is it truly portable, or is it just closer to your face? They just saved on screen cost by putting in a screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's sufficient to talk about. Well, I've, I've got some points. If you anything, I'm ready to tear. You're ready to tear? Yeah. You tear. So, fun fact. Mario Kart Double Dash was the first game in the series to use 3D polygons instead of sprites. I didn't know that one. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't fun anymore. No, um, it is actually pretty cool. It's definitely a mark of the technology and kind of where it was at at the time. So, yeah, I, I thought that was pretty interesting when I read that. It is also the only Mario Kart game to offer co-op. Yeah, and that's why it's my number one. It's kind of crazy. Like, I'm... I'm when I learned that, it surprised me because I thought, why, do they not, I, I guess I probably should look this up. I thought I did, but do they not have team racing in the others? They must not. You can, you can do team battles, but there's no team racing, yeah. I don't think. So there's only the, you know, like in the 64 version, you have the three balloons over your head and you just have to knock the crap out of each other. Uh, so they had that, but they definitely didn't have team racing. So that was like a big, I mean, when I played Double Dash, I spent a lot of time playing with my brother trying to gold medal every single circuit and yeah the just the, the co-op nature of it was just so much more fun like it it i guess made it sometimes a little less fun to play by yourself in comparison to other ones but uh yeah it definitely definitely brought up the gameplay a lot 
just being able to interact with someone is just such a unique dynamic to the game. What I do have to say, so I personally have to caveat this. I have not personally played Double Dash, but they they noted in a lot of the reviews that they took away the hop mechanic. And that that upsets me a little bit. They took away the hop, but they didn't get rid of the whole... Okay, I mean, how great is the hop actually as a mechanic other than to engage in your slide? And Every time you go off a jump. There's still the slide mechanic. And did you even go faster when you go off of a jump? Yeah, it, it, when you hop off a jump, you hit boost at the bottom. Oh, I thought you slowed down. I always made it feel like I was going slower. <laughs> Just had so much air time, you know? I was like, I'm up here forever. I'm never going to hit the ground again. Um... Okay, that makes more sense. I still think it didn't get since the fact since it didn't get rid of the drifting mechanic that I think is much more important. That is a much more important part of the game than optimizing how many jumps do you actually get. But but why why get rid of a mechanic that they had? How are you gonna do that between two people? What if the back person doesn't want to jump and the front person <laughs> they, wants to jump? Puts it down. Yeah, that would be terrible. They would be getting in fights all the time. Um. I mean, yeah, I guess they didn't have to get rid of it, but I don't know. Who who would you have control it at that point? The driver. Yeah, but then, like, could you throw items while you're hopping and stuff? Sure. Could you punch while you're hopping? See, that, that I and that and that's where me not playing the game. Like, I the, the punching thing, I don't know how that works. So yeah. maybe, maybe but, but maybe that's just a communication issue. Maybe that's on you. If you hop Hoppin', and your partner's punch. trying to punch, <laughs> that's on you. But that that was that was a knock that a few reviews gave it. I mean, overall, it got eighty seven on Metacritic, um, and IGN, who I unfortunately they were like one of the few consistent people to have reviews. I do not like IGN for reviews, but they gave it a seven point nine. Um, just throwing that out there. I think that's low. I think that this game did so much more for a. I can't. I enjoy the new Mario Karts, but it's like it, it's the new. I don't know. The courses are better and the like paragliding mechanic is like kind of cool but like they just don't this was an entirely different racing game with that mechanic that mechanic was so huge that mechanic was game building instead of game breaking (laughs) it it also that mechanic so one of the games on my list that we'll be talking about in the future is crash tag team racing which is essentially mario kart double dash um because crash team racing is very similar to mario kart um, but in tag team racing, it, it allows you to like couple and decouple with people, so you can drive solo. But but it gives the same kind of pairing option, and I I absolutely love that mechanic. So I, yeah. I agree. I think I think they were overly harsh on it. Like I, the missing hopping, does does it hurts me a little bit. But overall, like especially looking at gameplay from the Mario Kart sixty four to Double Dash, it's just like it's night and day. They also mentioned how. Mario Kart 64 supposedly was 15 frames per second and bumped up to 60 frames per second on the GameCube. Mario Kart, that was, it was not 15 frames per second. It was like the NTSC or whatever. When, when, we're, ta- when, when we're watching that Summoning Fault speedrun shit, he talks <laughs> about how it's 25. In one, one place, it's 25 frames per second, and then the other one, it's around 30. It's a little bit above 25, but so that's why when they are doing the time trials and so when they're doing speed runs they have to scale it off because it's like not fair for you to be speed running at a different frames per second so it's definitely not the n64 just didn't run at 15 frames and i don't know how it just scale down no that i believe two-thirds it, it, it's pop, maybe they were talking about like the sprite redraw 
or something. Yeah, it, it, I, I don't know what it is. but Either way, they, they bumped it up to 60 frames per second in Double Dash, which... And actually, yeah, like 3D polygon, polygon characters, like you mentioned. It looks the graphics, good. Yeah, no, the graphics are like a such a drastic improvement. Um, obviously, kind of just the artifact of the time, but they did it well. It, it works well in Nintendo's favor, too, because Nintendo hasn't ever really been pushing the boundaries. Yeah. So when you compare it to Nintendo games today, it doesn't look vastly different, Yeah. which is nice. Yeah, it definitely holds up well. The courses were definitely... I think there's a lot more going on in the like, sides of the courses. Like a lot, There's like one map where you have a dragon that's just constantly swinging his head over the course, and you have to dodge a little, little cute, cute little baby dino. Um, there's just yeah there's a lot more like out of map interaction stuff that i thought you know they definitely they definitely took a lot of advantage of the increased processing power that they had to add a lot more things into the game that made the driving experience a little more interactive and the maps were definitely a little more crazy and a little more unexpected when you're driving them on like 64 which is like can be summed up by like luigi's circuit <laughs> that's a <laughs> rectangle or not a rectangle it's an oval that, that, that also reminds me, it's mentioning Luigi. And so when I was watching some gameplay in preparation for this, I, I, I watched some Mario and Luigi gameplay, and Luigi sounds exactly like he does in Luigi's Mansion, which, I mean, is great that the character... They, I'm assuming they use the same voice actor, but, like, it, it sounded like he was as scared as he is in oh, Luigi's yeah. Mansion. Um, oh, it's fantastic. I just, I just love that. It was a fun little bit. Yeah, they've always made it. Yeah, Luigi's always been a really interesting and kind of, I think, like under, undersold character. I feel like not enough love from the community for Luigi, uh, even though yeah, he's he's pretty hysterical. Mario is honestly a very boring character. I can't think of a single game that has Mario character development other than him saving Princess Peach. Like, Luigi's Mansion definitely develops not a whole lot. I'm not saying that Luigi's, like, a well-hashed-out character. Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah, what can, what can you tell me about Mario? Other Super than Smash Bros. He's a plumber, and he has a mustache. <laughs> Dr. Mario. He, he got his he got MD, PhD. baby. <laughs> I'm about to say PhD. Uh, so yeah, was yeah, I. Maybe, 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 maybe he just wears the doctor coat and he actually <laughs> yeah. has a PhD. And he's <laughs> so, just yeah. he's just selling pills to yeah. other college kids. His drug his drug love is a side hustle. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, yeah, Luigi definitely more interesting. Yeah, I, which is kind of surprising to think about since Mario is definitely like the classic character. Um, yeah. Okay. Gauntlet. You covered up the things that I missed, so. Legends. Gauntlet Legends. <laughs> Not the game I'm going to talk about. <laughs> the game I'm going to talk about a little bit. So this, okay, I'm on, on my list. I am putting Gauntlet 1985. It is an arcade game. I was not alive when this game came out. To everyone's shock who's listening to this podcast right now. So yeah, it's a it's a hack and slash dungeon crawler. It's two D, like third person perspective. So you're looking down and running through these maze like levels, just looking for essentially looking for the exit. Like the goal is just to keep progressing through the game. It's a, about as linear as it gets, right? A very old game. Uh, you can find items that will help you out along the way. They'll like increase your um, health or attack speed, attack damage. There's like keys that'll help you unlock certain areas. 
not the stages aren't always linear so like sometimes like the first level you can run straight down and you can go and exit to level one or level two i suppose uh and or you could like run through a door fight a couple enemies exit to stage four or use a key to unlock a crap ton of enemies that you have to kill and then get to level eight so there, there's a it's not necessarily like a linear traversal through the stages either it's not forced one two three four until you kind of like mario in the warp zones yeah 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 doesn't really contribute to the funness of the game but i guess it, it, it when you when you replay through it it's nice to like if you don't like certain levels you can skip certain levels because it's definitely a game that you're probably going to end up playing over and over again it's not really like a story game where like you be uncharted for and you're like great story i know the story now don't really have a whole lot of motivation to come back uh even though that story was worth coming back for let me tell you I, I have been <laughs> seriously considering an uncharted 4 playthrough again um I would say same, but I've been saying that about too many other games, so I can't say that. That's true. Uh, Gauntlet started for me way back in 1902. <laughs> when you well, were born. <laughs> when I was born. Uh, so my family would frequently vacation the same spot. So you very quickly as a child learned that you know there's arcade... There's like a pizza place arcade bar, whatever you want to call it. It's not really a bar. It's like pizza place with an arcade bar. <laughs> I want to be clear. They served alcohol. <laughs> there's a there's a there's an underground pizza place that also had a bunch of arcade machines at. So it was like super awesome, right? You get two best things in the world: pizza, which honestly, who really cares about? But you get arcade games, the number one guaranteed best thing in the world. So would play there all the time with my brother which was super fun really always enjoyed the game uh kind of an early like co-op game i mean it is a very gauntlet legends is it's a 3d version of the original gauntlet uh but it's 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 still the same mindless hack slashy but it's, it's fun to be on the same team like trying to be like you know oh your spells are good at this and you know like my spells are good at this these are my strengths these are my weaknesses and you're trying to work together through the world so it was it was really fun, and whenever we got home, it's always like, man, that game is so fun. I wish I could play it here. I wish I could play it here, and so I, we got an emulation for or like a port that was on the PlayStation Two for the original Gauntlet, and I know that for sure because I've been watching a bunch of gameplay, and I'm like, yeah, I recognize all these levels. I recognize all these like things I've been struggling with, but I could not for the life of me track down how i ever played that game and so then i'm like you know looking 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 and it's like 45 minutes later and i finally find that uh for the playstation 2 and a couple other of that generation's consoles like the gamecube and the xbox uh they released like midway arcade games which was 24 classic arcade games so i must have had that and played it on the playstation 2 so yeah lots of good memories played the the original gauntlet a lot it was just it was really fun to be able to play up to four people at one time just like mess around with friends running through the action was very simplistic but very tight like there was there's not a whole lot of variations so there's not a lot of room to like mess up with the design which i enjoyed a lot so yeah one of the big things for for its time which is why i'm choosing i'm choosing the 1985 one because it was definitely a lot more impactful of a game uh for it being four player was like a really big deal and then also apparently the narrator's voice was like passed through this texas instrument chip 
that they had like one audio engineer encoding some other dude's vocals. It sounded like the most work in 1985 to put in just to get like one narrator effect. But yeah, that was something that was definitely praised very well within the game. It was definitely seemed like a pretty landmark game. It got about 90% on average looking at kind of an aggregate of all the ratings that we saw. And it was also uh, programmed on the 6502 microprocessor, which I have been really wanting to make my own little like crappy mini computer off of uh, 6502. So it was cool seeing like the chip that I've been planning on trying to do some hobbyist electronic stuff with actually being used in 1985, so I mean, maybe not the most technically advanced time, since I would say 2020 is more technologically advanced, but <laughs> only marginally. Debatable. Yeah. Debatable. Do I want to mention anything else? Well, I, let, let me tell you, so... <laughs> <laughs> so, almost all of my research was on Gauntlet Legends, because that, that, that was the original intent. But, I mean, the same effective, but for Gauntlet Legends... They, they released it, uh, it was an arcade game and released for PlayStation, Nintendo 64, and Dreamcast. Um, but, so, you mentioned about having four players playing simultaneously. But I got a trash PlayStation, which is something I don't do frequently. Um, and it's actually not really a trash, because they didn't, it's not like a first-party game. But you could only play with two players. Yeah, because it can only support two controllers, right? No. PlayStation had the multi-tap that allowed you both the PlayStation and the PlayStation 2 where you could plug in like a splitter into a port and have oh. multiple controllers but this game did not support that <laughs> that's so bad <laughs> why like spend all the time to make the game if you're not going to support like a super basic functionality within it yeah i i, I have to imagine maybe there was like some like they... stupid amount of additional code to support that for some reason yeah or they're like already maxing out their processors just even like ma yeah. maybe reading in a, a playstation controller input was already maxing out <laughs> <laughs> like we have we, we have, have reached 99 percent capacity oh. we cannot afford another controller or or they just didn't deem it worthy like not enough people had to multi-tap because it was an extra accessory um, or they just assumed people didn't have more than one friend <laughs> to play with it's an extra accessory but i feel like that's just like such a big part of the game like no, I agree. For, for that game, that's... Yeah. yeah. Like, the multiplayer aspect of it, yeah, it's just super great. That's what makes it a lot of fun. Like, the hack and slash is fine, you know? I mean, it's it's good hacky, good slashy. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's not like when, I'm, when I think about Gauntlet, I'm not like, ah, oh, man, they're hacking. <laughs> they're slashing. Yeah. But no, it's... Uh, it it, it looks... And it, when I was initially looking at gameplay of Gauntlet Legends, I, I was a little disappointed... In it, I, I didn't quite understand it. It's it's not a type of game style that I've played a lot of. But then when I, you showed me the gameplay of the original 1985 Gauntlet, uh, it made a lot more sense, and and I understood it. It was kind of cool to see the the 2D versus the the 3D um, aspect of it. But yeah, yeah, it was cool. It it was cool. I think the the dungeons. I mean, they're generally pretty like interesting looking too. It's not like just like crappy 1985 graphics either. Like I thought. You know, look good. Action was good. Cool that is multiplayer. Very nice when you're playing a port of it and not an arcade, and you have as many coins as you want. That's a great feature. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Um, arcade definitely takes a lot of money from parents, unless you're like eight years old and have a job, which is illegal. Yeah, cut in that part. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, who, so what wins? 
See, here's the thing. Part of the, why I l- like Double or Gauntlet so much is nostalgia, being young, early gaming experience and playing with my brother. That's great. But I could play a superior game also with my brother, which I did, <laughs> called Mario Kart Double Dash. So that's taking the win. Oh, man. I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> I, we already talked about this. so. I mean, even if we hadn't, I definitely saw that. The Mario Kart Double Dash, I, yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm defending it's, like, still good rating, so. I mean, it's a Mario game, and you're Oliver. <laughs> I don't think of Mario Kart games as Mario games, though. Uh, that was a joke. That was a dig at you. Yeah, that's why I'm saying fuck you back. <laughs> <laughs> so, Minecraft versus Kirby's Adventure. So, I'm, I'm trying to think. Let's, let's dive into Kirby's Adventure first. Yeah. So, Kirby's Adventure, it was developed by HAL Laboratories, published by Nintendo. Um, it was released in 1993, which was, mm, cough, cough, the year I was born, so greatest year of all time. Um, in, in March, though, it was before I was born. But uh, The best month of all time? <laughs> oh, shit. It is, isn't it? <laughs> um, I mean, oh, shh. Hmm. Family friendly. But, uh, and so, it was released for the, the NES, and... So, so growing up, my, my parents had, had purchased a Nintendo Entertainment System. I, I don't know when they purchased it, if they, if they bought it before I was born or not, um, but they had it. So it was, I think the NES was my first gaming system that I played um, growing up. And, and Kirby's Adventure was borderline the first like video game I played, which I didn't even, prior to recording this, I didn't even think about that. But I think I'm talking about my, my first my first video game experience. I played it a lot. It was like one of those things. It's a short enough game that you can like you could wake up on a Saturday morning early and and beat the game. Yeah. Um, play, playing it throughout the day. I don't know exactly how long it would take. It, it's got some heft to it. Um, and it does it has like save files and everything. So it saves saves your progress and there's actually three separate save files um, in the game. So you could start and do do different things if you wanted to i i don't know why i guess if you wanted to like you had multiple people in the family whatever different profiles that kind of thing um did did all the nes games have saves uh like super mario brothers didn't that's what i thought so that's why i'm like surprised that that one had a a save state i I didn't even think that they supported that on i i'm I'm sure there there are games that do um yeah i mean uh, other than that i I know (laughs) i know kirby's the only one who got the fortune of having a save state but yeah it was so kirby's was also released kind of towards the the end of the life cycle of the nes or or on like the the second half at at least um and and a lot of the reviewers kind of praised it's kind of like naughty dog um with the last of us and then coming out the last of us part two so the last of us was kind of like the swan song of the ps3 they kind of like pushed every last thing out of the ps3 that they could get and similarly last of us part two will be doing um from from early reviews um kind of pulling the most out of the ps4 that we've seen um and so kirby's adventure kind of did that with with the nes um and they prayed like the music um of kirby's adventure just being incredibly complex and interesting and the colors and the worlds for an nes game were just kind of like crazy and and super cool um which were things obviously as a kid especially back then not knowing much about gaming didn't really think much about um but kind of going back to it it kind of 
I'm, I'm excited to play it more. I still have the NES that, that my parents had um, when I was growing up. Um, and so I, I, I do think I, I want to kind of go back through. And I, I was talking with Oliver, and I, I'd, I'd like to, like, do some kind of night where we just kind of try and bang out some, some old classic games. would be kind of fun. Um, but, yeah, so that was fun. It, it was the second Kirby game, um, which the, the original was Kirby's Dreamland for the Game Boy. Um, but, but this one, Kirby's Adventure, in- introduced the ability to copy. So G- Kirby sucks in enemies, um, but if you suck the enemy in and press down, you absorb that enemy's abilities. Um, and it was something that was kind of criticized in the Game Boy version was there, there wasn't enough variety in the gameplay. Um, and the original Game Boy um, didn't have color. So um, when they released Kirby's Adventure on the NES and it had color um, and Kirby was pink, everyone was shocked including the developers um the the game director had always envisioned kirby as being pink but pretty uh, nobody knew that and kirby was like white and in the game with no color and they were kind of like but kirby's pink that's kind of crazy um yeah so the basic storyline another thing i didn't pick up i beat this game so many times as a kid never once thought about the story or I, i couldn't have told you what the story was but this nightmare goes to the dreamland and corrupts the fountain of dreams and king ddd um takes the the star rod which powers the fountain of dreams and he breaks it into pieces and scatters it throughout the land to stop nightmare from corrupting everyone's dreams so king ddd is actually a good person but you as kirby are dumb (laughs) and you think that ddd is bad so you go through the entire game you're collecting these star rod bits until you get to the final battle with king ddd and you defeat him and then he's trying to stop you from putting the star rod back into the Uh... fountain um so oliver saw kind of the the final gameplay and it's kind of making sense now um you put it back in and then you unleash nightmare onto the world so you have to defeat this weird little like american flag ball <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know how, how better to describe it than that and that's not nightmare i don't know what that is like i i do not have but there's a flying ball you beat him and then, then you finally beat nightmare um that's kind of the general the, the general story behind it but um an incredibly fun game i think the combat especially the ability to copy the enemies um there, there's pretty good variety in the combat um there's like different worlds so there's like seven different worlds i think um with like there's 41 levels in the game um so whatever math that we're, I th- there's about five levels per world with like a boss level and sometimes a mini game level um in there and you kind of go through but uh so going back to ign um they gave it a 9.5 so ign is always right <laughs> um but they said it was one of the best nes games and one of the system's greatest visual and auditory technical achievements the soundtrack was from the little bit that I heard was unexpectedly fuego, to say the least. Yeah. Got me off guard. Yeah. It was going it was going loud and it was going hard. And and we, we both we both enjoy soundtracks, especially on Nintendo. I, I was excited to show you the the sound that that they get because I know like especially Mario, Koji Kondo, it's got some 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 fire flames out there. But uh had to, I, I was excited for you to see that. I'm, I'm happy that you also enjoyed that. But uh, yeah, that, that that's essentially Kirby in a nutshell. It's it's a fun game. It's a platformer. 
um, just kind of 2D side scroller you're going along, um, but but lots of variety and enemy types and the worlds and everything. Um, they they had artists like actually going through and like hand drawing all of the backgrounds and everything, and then gave them to the game designers to put in the game somehow. Um, a lot of attention to detail, um, super cool. Obviously, holds a close place in my heart, so I'm a little biased for sure. But oh, also. Another fun fact, it's the first appearance of Meta Knight. It's the first time you ever meet Meta Knight, and it's, he's not called Meta Knight. Um, it's an unnamed boss in the game, but that's when Meta Knight is introduced. So That's cool. Yeah, the sprites in that game definitely looked surprisingly good. For I mean, not that like NES sprites are like not pleasing to look at even now. Yeah. But yeah, I was I was definitely kind of surprised with the detail that existed in the sprites when we were watching the gameplay. Like it definitely it looks it looks good. The color palette looked a little neutral, but I'm not sure if that was just from. That's a little. How bit. dare you? I know. It's a dreamland. Saying it's pushing the edge, but. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's it. All right, so. Versus Minecraft. Number one best-selling game of all time. They just crossed 200 million units sold. You can play it on virtually anything that runs on electricity. What else is there to say? You need to put it on your microwave. You can install it and you can play it. Exactly. But now with Minecraft with ray tracing, the old so the the joke with with games and PC gaming, can it run Crisis? And it's it's crisis is this older game came out well over 10 years ago that just pushed the boundaries they, they introduced a lot of graphical tech that really couldn't be run until very recently um and so when people would be building computers or building gaming hardware the joke was always but can it run crisis because crisis runs so bad on the gaming systems in which it came out before and and the joke the kind of flip side of that was like oh minecraft is so easy to run like you can run it on anything but now that they've released um the ray traced version of minecraft it's now kind of crippling games and, and hardware um so that's kind of just another little interesting fun fact but but well, kind of, and how bad apparent i didn't realize how bad ray tracing was on release and there, there weren't even games when the cards were dropped. There weren't any games with ray tracing capabilities for 50 days or something like that yeah. until after release. And then it was like there was like a bunch of artifacting going on and stuff like that. Um, like only only very recently, I didn't realize the, I forget what, the, is it like D, DLSS? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize that DLSS for a long time because I only I only recently was like reading about it. I didn't realize like, you know, now they're using DLSS to like, essentially make ray tracing actually kind of work for once and it's a sweet <laughs> sweet life but when it first came out it was like if you you know dlss is like using deep learning to essentially try to improve your graphical output um without you know increasing your compute requirements but at the time it would be like you know you put a 4k image into a dlss thing to get a 720 output was what people would joke about when it first was implemented because <laughs> it just it yeah it was just that horrible at first but now it actually works so yeah i didn't realize that i didn't realize how like many fumbles ray tracing has had throughout definitely makes me feel better than good for graphics card yeah. i mean it, it makes sense too because the developers don't have any incentive to implement ray tracing when 
90% of people don't have that capability, especially, I mean, even before ray tracing cards existed. Like, the, the hardware essentially has to precede the, the software. Yeah. Um, and, and it was the first instance of consumer hardware accelerated ray tracing. Yeah. Which was just kind of crazy. So, like, kudos to NVIDIA. But, like... And it looks amazing. It, uh, yes. If you, if you enjoy games... Or don't enjoy games. Just look at Minecraft and then Minecraft with ray tracing. And it is absolutely insane how different that game looks with ray tracing. Like, after what... I was like, oh, ray tracing's... You know, I've seen, like, clips of, like, Battlefield and stuff like that. I'm like, ah, it's cool. There's, like, a flame that's coming off the car now that existed in the distance. You know, like, I didn't really get what the hype was. But after seeing it in Minecraft, I'm like, oh, man, I need to spend some money on a graphics card. That looks amazing. Now, now, granted, to be fair, with Minecraft, they completely overhauled the entire game. So they didn't just take Minecraft, add ray tracing, and then it looked spectacular. Yeah. Like they, they updated textures and, and files, and they actually did a lot of work. And if for anyone listening, if you're, if you're interested into tech and video games and graphics, Digital Foundry... Um, that does a really good job of deep diving on, on graphics and kind of explaining how those things um, work. And, and they do, on pretty much all new games that get released, um, they, they do some cool stuff. It's something to check out if you're interested in learning more. Um, but yeah, so, so, so that's kind of crazy. But yeah, so Minecraft. So I guess taking, taking a few steps back. Um, so developed originally by Mojang. Um, so the, the alpha version was released in May of 2009. Um, it, it went through alpha and then beta and finally had a full release in November of 2011 um, is when the original classic Java edition of Minecraft was released, um, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. It is still constantly being updated and new support and the fan base. There's over 120 concurrent players weekly in Minecraft. 120,000. 120 million. You just said 120. Oh. <laughs> I was just like, I'm just assuming it's the next time. Oh, man. You are crazy. 120 <laughs> people play it. I mean, I can't confirm there are at least 120 people. That's pretty, I feel good about it. Okay. Yeah, 120 million. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. I was like, 120,000 doesn't seem that unrealistic. 120 million seems a little unrealistic. Million. <laughs> <laughs> million. Um... But yeah, greatest selling game of all time. It, it is accessible to both kids, adults, creatives, hardcore gamers. It does not matter. It is one of the most widely accessible and interesting games of all time. And Yeah, you put, you put 10 hours in it, and I would be hard-pressed to think that anyone would really say that they don't like it. Yeah. And like the most, the most common criticism that I get, like that I hear from friends or just like other people you know they'd be like oh well like what do you do in minecraft and then it's just like i just don't what do you do during the day i don't like that's what you <laughs> it's like part of the thing and there is what, there what is, is any a story game? to it yeah. yeah like but it is meant to be a sandbox so i got i understand the criticism to an extent but there still is actually like an objective if you want to call it that you know there, there's a final boss that you have to do a bunch of steps to get through um to work with i'm sure there's like a 
I wouldn't be surprised if there's another boss. So I'm sorry. I haven't played Minecraft in like a hot minute. So I might be a little bit behind. I know they've added a bunch of stuff. But the Ender Dragon for sure is like the, like the final boss, at least when we were playing a lot, right? Yeah. That you're going for. So there, there is, it still is an objective-based game at its core, even as a pure sandbox. But it's also like, that's what's great about it, right? Is that you could just run straight to the Ender Dragon. Um, like I have a friend who does speed runs of it. And, you know, just, like, try to get to the Ender Dragon as fast as possible. Or, like, Maxwell and I, we would just, we found a horse, named him Frederico, and worshipped that horse. We literally pretty much made a castle for that horse and had him at the top of the castle. (laughs) (laughs) He was a beautiful horse. He was. Oh, I'm I'm still sad. That was, so so that's a throwback. So that was the Xbox 360 version. And so such a small map too. So small. It was like eight hundred some blocks by eight hundred some blocks or something like that. Yeah, I think in the original size map, I think it was a five by five map. Um, like biome wise. Yeah, so like if you were to fill a map, um, oh, by yeah, exploring, oh, yeah, 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 it's like five by five. It's like the entire world. Um, and PS4 pushed that to I think twenty five by twenty five. Yeah. Um, something like that. The PC version is not unlimited, but it, it might it's as well be. It's effectively. It's yeah. like it's like million or more blocks by a million or some blocks. It's yeah, that's incredibly it, large. Yeah, the first one. Yeah, the first one was like yeah, the eight. It was around eight hundred or somewhere in that range of blocks, which your character is essentially a block by a block. We're not including. I'm not including kite while we're talking about this. Yeah. Um, and then the yeah when they upgraded to the next console then it was like 2048 by 2048 which was i mean it's square area right so that's a, that's a massive improvement already and then when we finally played it on the computer it was just like yeah when, when you're playing it on the console since you know that limitations there it's worth you know like going to the edge like i like especially on the the early with when it was like 800 some blocks you know I'd, I'd run to the edge of the map and find that and just you know bound it out I did it once on the next-gen console, and I was like, probably not worth doing that again. And then you play the PC, and you're like, well, where I spawn is good enough. Yep. <laughs> there is no, no need. end. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the Xbox 360 version. So prior to meeting Oliver, I had never played Minecraft. And I, everything I had seen about it was just Minecraft is terrible. and It looks dumb. It's for kids. I, I, I asked very similar questions. Like, what do you do? What's the point? Like, what, what is the fun of it? And um, uh, Oliver showed it to me uh, when we were living together in that basement apartment. 612, baby. <laughs> and uh, I, I got instantly hooked and just started spending hours playing that game. And it, it was absolutely incredible. Um, more recently, so I um, had since bought a PS4 version. And so my fiance and I, um, had played a world and Oliver played in it as well. So anytime people come over, we kind of play multiplayer and just kind of develop the world. We, we had a lot, we had rail systems going everywhere, both in the nether and above ground to connect everything together. Um, very elaborate. And, and at some point I, I went off exploring in the world and then didn't play the game for like three or four years. That, that seems excessive, but it, it was, it was years for sure that I had stopped playing the game and then I came back to it and was never like, I, I could not find my original world. And so I would come back to it and I'd be like, okay, I'm going to build another portal. So another portal takes you. There's like two worlds. There's the overworld, which is huge. And then there's the nether world, which is basically spatially 
mirrors the overworld, but it's much smaller. So if you wanted to travel a distance quickly, you would go to the netherworld. And if you went like five blocks in the netherworld, it'd be like the equivalent of 25 blocks in the overworld. So something to that extent. I was like, all right, I'll just, I'll build the nether portal and then I'll be able to find my other nether portals um, in the game. That's also and, super not effective. Yeah, well, I, I didn't even get that far because every time that I tried to build another portal, I died. Um, I, I don't know. I just I got bad at the game or something. Um, but then I, I eventually was like, okay, now I, I misremembered. And I was like, oh, the PS4 only has 5x5 five five map size. So I'll just start running and I'm going to find it. And I started at one end of the world and I literally ran to the other end of the PS4 world and it took me for freaking ever because it's actually much larger than that. And I didn't find a single thing we had built, which I was really shocked by. I was like, in a five by five world, I should have ran into something. We made a lot. Um, and uh, then I realized, and then I, I had a genius idea. I was, they use, this is probably more information than you'll ever need to know, but the, the world is randomly generated. So everyone who plays gets this randomly generated seed number it's like 25 digits and it it helps the it plugs into the algorithm that randomly generates the world so if there's a particularly interesting world you exist in you can look at that seed number and give it to anyone who plays minecraft and they will it will generate the exact same world for them um and so i was like oh i'll just look at the seed number start a new world with that i'll figure out where i spawn and that's probably where it was and that worked. I figured out the coordinates and I got back to where I was. But not before crapping my pants, almost dying. So the thing is, Minecraft constantly updates. But that means when you don't play for a while and you come back to it, the game is completely different. Yeah. And I, I was like running around and I saw this little tower and I was like, oh, that's a cool little tower. Let me go. And I saw what appeared to be villagers. And I was like, oh, cute little villagers. I'll go say hi. And they immediately... That are, that are harmless in the in before. Yeah, right? but yeah, yeah before, the they're harmless. Are harmless. You trade with them. They're, they're nice little people. They, they have villagers. You try to protect them from, like, nighttime, all the creepers and zombies that spawn. And they immediately start shooting at me with a crossbow. And I'm like, what is going on? And then I also find out that rose bushes are incredibly painful. I don't know if they changed that or made it worse, but I, I kept getting stuck. You, you you hit a rose bush, it starts doing damage, but it also slows you down. So you're stuck in the rose bush. It takes like half your health, one rose bush. The, the, this pillager that I learned shoots me with a crossbow bolt into a rose bush. So I'm immediately at like one quarter health remaining. And then there's multiple pillagers all coming at me. I'm trying to sprint out of this rose bush as I continue to lose health. I'm finally, so it's in hearts is how they measure heart, your health in Minecraft. And I'm down to half a heart out of like 15 or 20 um, with my armor. And I, I, I start sprinting away and these pillagers do not give up. I, I thought, oh, I'll just get far enough away. They won't, they won't care about me anymore. So I run for what feels like forever and I get behind a tree, and so I start eating. So once you're at full hunger, or no hunger, <laughs> you, you start healing. And so I'm like, okay, and I turn around, and they're still freaking chasing me. And they come, oh my gosh, it was just, it was crazy. And I do have to say, so, man, there's just so much information about Minecraft. I feel like we need to do a separate episode of Minecraft, because I'm going to yeah, go on for days. We need to talk about Minecraft, but... 
Oh, I'm just I'm getting heated. There, there's so much. There's so much to know. They, but they do a very good job of updating the game. Is really the takeaway from and every time that I come back from it, it's like, oh, I know Minecraft, and then you come back and there's something new. And it's it's great because the original game doesn't ever get boring. Like there's just so much to do and just like, I mean, just anything you want to build, you just make it. You know, it, that it's it's amazing. So it's just that that freedom and potential and then like a sandbox game like it is awesome. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, you take a couple years off. I, I took a little bit off and then came back and they had just re-updated. It was a combat update. And then coming back to that and then, oh my gosh, I was so confused trying to, like normally zombies are super easy to kill and the combat, after the combat update, well, you got to know how the combat update works. Otherwise you do not do any damage. So... Yeah, they, they've done a phenomenal job. It, it makes sense why it still is selling so many copies, and it is such a, um age-defying game, I think. Like, I think any, oh, yeah. anyone, you know, like we, I, I know people that, you know, like I know like seven-year-olds that play it, and I know, you know, people way older than me that play it, a.k.a. Maxwell. Um, <laughs> I'm so old. <laughs> Damn right! <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's, phenomenal game the story fascinating and that's that <laughs> yeah the, the, there's so much to it if you haven't played minecraft it, it's the, there are so many minute details to go into and, and it it would be difficult to explain all of what minecraft is at, at its core it is a sandbox so you're dropped into a world with with absolutely nothing and you just start using the resources around you to build tools to, to build a home, to build, you build furnaces and crafting tables and beds and you can build a home and you can build brewing stations and enchanting tables and it just gets more and more complex. And that was actually a criticism of the initial release of Minecraft is there didn't used to be tutorials or um, recipes for how to build certain things. So you just got thrown into a game and you had to figure out how to build these things. So, so you get resources, but that doesn't tell you how to build. In the PC version, you, you essentially kind of have to like draw what you're trying to build with resources, and it, it's very complex. And they, they've fixed that since. It, you start the game, there's tutorials, you unlock recipes, so you don't have to know how to build things anymore. But initially, that, that was a big complaint. It was kind of like one of those, like, it, it's just, I'm trying. I can't think of the word, but rite of passage, I guess, is kind of what I'm. I'm trying to think. Like to play yeah. the game, you just kind of have to go through that and word of mouth. Like you talk to your friends, like, "Oh, what's the recipe for a pickaxe?" Um, and stuff like that. So, so yeah, very dependent on the online community when I first started playing. Yeah, because I wasn't playing with other people. So it's just like it just having to Google. But the thing is, is you don't even know what you're trying to Google yeah <laughs> like when you're playing it right you don't know you don't know to google crafting table you're just like what the hell is minecraft that's pretty much what <laughs> you're googling and trying to figure out what's happening um so yeah i remember when i started playing i i started playing like right when it stopped being free to play i like i like bought it like it was like within a year of i think when they actually started selling for profit um because you can sell for free uh <laughs> When they, when they made it, you know, profitable, cost money. So, yeah, no, at, at that point, you know, I, w I was pretty much playing alone. And, yeah, it's, it's definitely a rite of passage is a, a good way to say it. It's not brutal, but just play with a friend. 
Yes, and 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 know that if you if you haven't played and you jump into it, it is, it it will tell you everything you need to know. But also know that everything they have added make the game incredibly complex, which is awesome as a new player coming into it now. Like it's both overwhelming, but man, the the sense of wonder of just all of the different there are so many different terrain types which they call biomes. There there's snow, ice. There's pandas. There's cats. There's birds there's leopards you can have pets um, you can tame dogs you can have golems like it's just it, it's incredible everything there is right now um, but but the game does help you along and teach you as well so it's it, it is very accessible so if you haven't played it highly encourage it um, it's just it's just one of those things you have to experience um, to, to understand best um, watch some gameplay give it a whirl cry yourself to sleep <laughs> one thing I, I, will, I do want to say about the game for sure is it's they did a really good job a phenomenal job of making most things that you're doing in the game really intuitive like the, it is definitely when you are designing or crafting something like you know you throw sand in a furnace and you get glass out or something like that like yeah. even though it's still like relying enough on like the modern you know the world that we exist in that you can generally like once you start getting a feel for it you can kind of piece by piece the rest of it and you know like once you get a, a little bit of feel of the basics then it, it just becomes very intuitive and you're just like oh like what if i you know what if i throw this in the furnace or what if i throw this on the crafting table in this configuration so i i think they did yeah a, a literal phenomenal job with just the level of it's just it is a very intuitive game to play once you start getting the feel for it yeah if you've played something like little alchemy on your phone um there's some similarities can be drawn between kind of crafting and how there's some intuitiveness like you said so but very cool i feel like this has kind of turned into the minecraft episode for sure but it it, the the game I, i think both of us probably agree that this game is a, is a pretty substantial, important game, both in, in the history of gaming, um, but I think also to both of us. I, yeah. Yeah. Just a little. Not too much. Nothing crazy, but yeah. Tetris is still more important. But has is no longer the, the sales king. Yeah, no. I... <laughs> I mean, Tetris is a good game. I still do enjoy playing Tetris, but I could play Minecraft instead. <laughs> Minecraft is the new Tetris. That's all you need. The new Tetris. It is blocky. It is blocky. You could probably, using Redstone, make your own Tetris game inside of Minecraft. I, someone has to have done that. I would not be surprised. Someone made like the like like eight bit computer or something like that. Yeah, that that's also the crazy thing is there's this thing, there's Redstone which essentially acts as electricity and you can connect it like wires and literally create computers in the game. The game's insane. Yeah, it's it's endless. It, it is the sandbox game. Premier sandbox of 2020, Minecraft. Premier sandbox of 2019, Minecraft. <laughs> 2018? Tetris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but that that's... There you go. I, I think we will do a separate episode on minecraft just kind of walking through it'd be cool to talk about the history of it and see how it's changed a lot of history it's as as we've said it's pretty much come out on every platform you could imagine you can play it on your phone you can play it on your ipad play it on any game console um that's been released since minecraft essentially um play it on the pc there's a 
a lot of mod support on the PC, so you can you can change things and make it how you want it to be. Um, tr truly incredible. So yeah, we are talking about vanilla Minecraft in this. We have we yes, want want to be very clear. I personally have only played vanilla Minecraft. Um, I think I've only played but I'm well. I might have played a little a little bit with I played a little bit with mods, but not much. I mostly just skin it on the PC. Yeah, that 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 would be kind of the mod that I would want to do. Um, but yeah, so so Minecraft, that's 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 Minecraft. It's great. I, I still come back to it. It's a game that I will continue to play. I hope it continues to be updated and continues to be as popular as it is. Um, I think ray tracing has kind of breathed some new life into it. Um, which is pretty exciting, but it's something that I would love for my kids to be able to play, foster some creativity. It's a lot of fun, but yeah. So between the two, so it, it's it, this matchup, I didn't anticipate being as intense as it was. I mean, I didn't talk as much about Kirby's adventure as I did about Minecraft, but Kirby's adventure was my first video game and video game experience. And it is a phenomenal platformer. Um, but but Minecraft wins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my, Minecraft wins. I mean, as you can tell from from everything we've said, I mean, we, we feel very strongly about it. It's it's it is an incredible video game. So it it beats out Kirby's Adventure. But it, if you get the opportunity, Kirby's Adventure has been remastered or, or thrown on. Like if you have a Nintendo Switch now and you pay for the online experience, it comes with an NES emulator that I believe has Kirby's adventure on it. I, I can't confirm, um, but but if you get the opportunity to, um, give it a check, it, it's worthwhile as well. But Minecraft is my winner. If you haven't guessed by the sudden change in audio quality, this is the end of the episode. So we very much appreciate you guys tuning in, listening, hopefully enjoying. Can't, can't guarantee that on our ends, but we really do hope. If you enjoyed or did not enjoy the podcast, we are brand new to this and would love to hear any feedback. You can follow us at our socials on Instagram and Facebook at MO Video Games. We do plan on releasing a new episode every single Wednesday from here on forth, so you can be excited every Wednesday morning to hear our beautiful voices. Thank you again and juicy. <laughs>